the starry sky Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Strolling with that one boy Sights I have to say Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Just imagine someone Waiting at the cottage door When two hearts become one Who could ask for anything more? Loving one who loves you Than taking that vow It's nice work if you can get it And if you get it Won't you tell me so excited to be back. I haven't done an interview in quite a while because life has been really, really crazy. But one of the great things about life is when you get to um, have really successful friends and you get to interview your friends that you went to college with and worked with and did theater with. And so my guest today is an amazing, amazing friend from upstate New York who is living her best life doing everything playing the flute, teaching lessons, working for the Rochester Philharmonic, and so, so, so much more. And I cannot wait to share um, everything that she's doing with you. So please welcome my guest, Alyssa Mae Murphy. Hi, Alyssa. Hello, hello, how are you? I'm so good, how are you? Good, thank you. I miss your face, it's been ages. Tell me everything. It has. How long has it been since I've seen you? It's been at least a few years. Oh my gosh. I think um, the last time we saw each other was in 2000. Let's see. I moved from okay. Syracuse in, in 2014, 2013. So maybe. That sounds about right. 2012? Yeah. It's been way too long, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've done yeah, FaceTime and all that. Good. Yeah, we've done like FaceTime and all that, but I don't know that we've been in the same space since 20. 13, maybe 2014. Yeah, that'll eventually change. It needs to. But. It absolutely needs to. So from 2013, maybe 2014, to 2018, almost 2019, what is life looking like for you? What? Tell me everything. Um, it's definitely taken a lot, a lot of, like, shuffling around to get to the stage of freelancing where I am. Um. 2013 through 2015, I was at Crane. I ended up finishing out my undergraduate degrees in music business and flute performance. And then I just picked up a minor in film studies. So then by the time I graduated, I needed an internship to complete my music business degree. Mm -hmm. So when... The Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra was in need of someone to just kind of wear many hats within an internship position. I took that on. So in June through August of 2015, I was um, shuffling around between marketing, development, and box office for the Rochester Philharmonic. Oh, wow. And ultimately, life just segued 
over to picking up more hours in the box office department there. Worked that from the rest of 2015 into the end of 2016. I ended up um, leaving there just to kind of dive right into a little bit of substitute teaching while trying to just pick up more private students for my mm-hmm. studio. And from 20, the end of 2016 into early 2017, my health kind of sort of tanked. So 2017 was just garbage. I ended up getting diagnosed, I don't know if you know this yet, um, in April of 2017, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And then from then to now, it's just been a slowly but surely just trying to manage my blood glucose levels while, you know, obviously having to manage this insanely hectic running around all the time lifestyle. But at least this year as we're ending 2018 has been some more stable work with being a a full-time teacher at a private Catholic school. Then when I'm done with the day there, I am either teaching private lessons. I'm either doing ticketing um, again for the RPO. I just picked that back up in September. It's just for their concert evening. And then, Alongside that, whenever I do have a breathing moment, when I'm not doing any of that, I'm writing on my blog, which is my basic It's the French word meaning makers. Um, in short, <laughs> that's kind of been the timeline from 2013 to now. So, essentially, nothing's really happened. <laughs> oh my god um, <laughs> no I'm kidding that's insane first of all I did not know that that was not something that I knew so that's crazy yeah. and I'm so it, sorry but yeah, so it it, out of nowhere. yeah but I'm excited that you I say excited it's probably a terrible word to use I'm happy that you learned to adapt and figure out how to not let it run your life and oh yeah you you owned it, I guess, is the best way to say it. I don't know how else to explain it. Trying to, yeah. Because, like, we ended up, um, that was kind of, like, at that point, the end of April was, like, one of those, I don't know. I mean, essentially, I literally had to change my lifestyle to kind of, like, you know, tailor to having to monitor that now. Right. But it was, like, a huge, just, like, halt between like on the struggle bus of just trying to make ends meet to after getting diagnosed with that you would think that it would have just been like months of just like taking it easy for a little bit but no as soon as I got diagnosed with it and got out of the ICU like my freelance tasks ended up picking up at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. But I think, and again, like from the times that we worked together just doing like, you know, shows and stuff and me woodwind doubling under your baton, 
like, you know that that's how I work my best. Right. When I'm literally doing a million things at once versus <laughs> having, like, one small project and then I just turn into, like, baby. I mean, we're not totally not similar. I mean, we we survive the same way. It really is crazy. My friends and family are always like, I don't know Absolutely. why or how you do what you do in the way that you do it, but you somehow survive and thrive. And I was like, well, yeah, well, what else am I going to do? Absolutely. Yeah, one day at a time. But especially, like, around the holidays coming up, you get, like, I get texts from, you know, my family and you're like, when are you coming home? And I'm like... I don't know. It's only, you know, Tuesday. I haven't gotten through the rest of the day yet. Like, I'll keep you posted. Right. <laughs> you know as soon as I can. Well, and everything fluctuates and when you have private crazy. lessons. And if that private lesson doesn't show up and then this one goes long or this one wants to reschedule, it just, I totally get that. It's a crazy yeah. Rubik's Cube of a career. And yeah. And we're so, you know, like this day and age, we're all just like, you know, the higher-up technology gobbledygook. Like, I feel weird having my phone by my side all the time. Right. Like, I always have to constantly check to make sure that, you know, God forbid, a student, like, hasn't canceled or something like that. But I'm also the type of person where it's like, but I want to, like, live in the here and the now. And right. not have my phone at my hip. So it's, it's definitely been a balancing act trying to <laughs> figure that out. I'm with you. I think we're in a very weird time of life, really, and how phones work and technology works. But I, you know, I was teaching, I always talk about this camp at, um, um, what was I going to say? I always talk about this camp in terms of, I have no idea where I was going with this thought. It was a brilliant thought and was so (laughs) heartfelt. And I could not tell you what the hell I was going to say. Um... (laughs) Dang it. Oh, man. I've missed you. I've missed you, but I literally have no idea. Oh, oh, I know. I remember. I'm back. Okay, so... (laughs) you sure you've missed my craziness? Um, I teach at this camp in the summer that's Frenchwood's Camp for the Performing Arts, which I talk about all the time on the show. Um, And we are in the middle of nowhere, and there is minimal cell phone reception. Like, very minimal, if any. Oh, God. And... It's one of those moments of, like, we don't hate it, but it's also slightly inconvenient. So it's, like, we we have these days where we have to learn a score or teach a score or whatever, and we don't have, wi- like, we don't really have campus-wide Wi-Fi. We have to go certain places to get Wi-Fi. So it's, like, one of those moments, but it's also nice to be away in, you know, from June to August with very few ways to have people get in contact with us. I know that sounds so bad, but, like... Right, no, no, absolutely. No, I totally get it. So, the Rochester... So, uh, God, I just have so many questions. So, what is your primary instrument, for those that don't know? (laughs) My primary instrument? Yes. Uh, My primary instrument is flute. Okay. I started that in fourth grade. I actually wanted to play the clarinet first. Mm-hmm. And when you go around, like, in culinary school, you do, like, what do they call it? Like, the instrumental petting zoo is what they call it now, I think. Yes, and Where it's an, an uncomfortable title. And, um, you know, test the waters. I was 
sold on clarinet. Mm-hmm. And my mom ended up going out and buying me what she thought was a clarinet, and she brought home a flute. Oh. I'm not, like, I'm the only musician in my family. No one else is. And so when she brought that back, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's not what I asked for, but I mean, like, okay. And then I literally just put it together, and I started playing it. I got a sound out, and things just kind of escalated from there. And then eventually, once I got into high school, I ended up being able to double up on doing both concert band, which is like the lower band. I started playing clarinet with that ensemble. And then I'm like the upper division ensemble is where I continue to play flute. Awesome. And then after school, I ended up picking up tenor saxophone and just, I don't know, I just gravitated toward all the woodwind stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, blossoms from there one show at a time so it's true so aside from flute because i know that that's your that's the majority of what you play what is your other favorite Mm -hmm. instrument to play like is there one that you're like oh i'm so excited i get to double on this oh yeah i I don't know at least it didn't occur to me until i just finished up playing for a local regional theater company here called Blackfriars Theater. Mm-hmm. They, in the end of October into mid-November, we played Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. And it calls for tenor saxophone. Okay. Um, so I ended up, I was just a sub for that show for subbing in for the main guy that was playing, but... I don't know, like, the more and more shows that we played there, I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to get better at saxophone. Okay. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a well-written part, too, that any time that something calls for saxophone now, I'm just like, I gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. And is there anyone that you're like, oh, God, I'll do it, but I don't like it? Um, Double reads. Okay. Any time where it calls for That's good. Hopefully this is not me jinxing that. That's funny. So, uh, for those that don't know, and I I just have to share this on air because why not? Um, Alyssa and I went to college together and studied music together. And I, I will say, when I first met Alyssa, I think she said six words at a time. That sounds about right. 
maybe six words at a time, and then would just sit and not talk. And over the years, she, you know, came out of her shell and came out of her shell and came out of her shell. There's a lot of stories that I actually just won't tell because they're so funny and nobody... You know how, like, you have those moments of, like, this story's really funny and then you tell it and people don't laugh, but it's like you had to be there type thing? So yeah. That. So <laughs> we, we were doing a show. I had asked if you would play a show, and I think it was one of the first pits that you had ever played, I think. And was Suzical the first pit you ever played for? Or not Suzical. Um, Footloose you ever played for me? Was that My Fair Lady? Oh, it was My Fair Lady. That's right. Was it? So, okay. Yes, it totally was. Because then Footloose came later. That's right. So we were doing... <laughs> we were doing a, a rehearsal for My Fair Lady. And um, this lovely girl said to me in the middle of, and I can't repeat what she said because some of it is laced with expletives and I'm not doing that. But she looked at me and she said, what on earth did you get me into in a various form? Was not those exact words. And I said, you're doing a great, great job. And she stared at me and continued to play her instrument with a death stare while just staring at me. (laughs) And needless to say, everybody... She's still doing it. (laughs) So it's so fun to be able to go back and to, you know, especially for us musicians, to talk about our first time playing in pits or playing shows or whatever that terrified us for the first time. I remember being at school, at college, and being in the jazz band. And the first time I was ever given a solo, I almost lost my mind. I was like, I don't know how to do this stuff. And the teacher was like, well, figure it out. And I was like, no, but I I don't want to do that. And now that's all I do is jazz and musical theater. So it's funny. Now we're here. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like OCC, especially where we met, like that, at least the track record that I, you know, took, it just, it set you up so well. Yes. In order to, you know, move on and do, you know, whatever the heck else you're, you know, sent along to do. Like, if I didn't have those two years with you guys in that environment, if I were to, say, have just started off at Crane, I don't know if I would have continued to move on. Mm -hmm. Like, I needed those two years of just, like, a music degree, not, like, a music education focus that way we were just able to do you know it was such a broad topic that we could dive into whatever and gravitate towards right what ultimately you know for most of us some of us is now our specialty I thought that was that was really special and we could do whatever we wanted like we were we were free to explore and to take on as many credits mm-hmm. as we wanted to, or not take on credits, but join whatever ensembles we could fit into our day, which occasionally would get real crazy, because we would be, I, I feel yeah. like percussion ensemble rehearsed until like 10.30 at night some days. Mm. But... Right. Like, it, we would... Did, well, you probably have done this too, but I just remember, because you knew that I, I was very lucky with like the way that the dorm room situation was mm-hmm. how I got paired up with 
another flutist, and two percussionists and a pianist. So we had our schedule laid out. You know, we get there at the, you know, bright and early, and then we go home together, eat dinner, and then it'd be like ten o'clock at night, and we're like, oh, we we want to practice. Like we've got to practice. We gotta. We've got, you know, lessons coming up and all that stuff. We gotta prepare everything. And so by that time at night, campus safety had like locked the door. This was again, this is, you know, this is before yep. the new building came about because they built a whole new building by the time that we had left and we never got to experience it. And we literally like just and left and they were like, Okay, new building. We, really? Yeah. <sighs> exactly. Like, boom, here's the building. I remember before that happened, how, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, we'd want to go practice in the practice room. And I was such, you know, like, I'm so weak and I'm just so, like, puny and small that every time I would try to, like, do the whole, like, jiggle tactic to open the door and, like, let ourselves in, because that's all you had to do was you had to, like, just jiggle the handle three times and, like, thrust it open and it would unhinge everyone else could do it except me but alas that's what we ended up doing so we could just get those like late night sessions in we would feel I don't know feel that much more ready for taking on Selma Moore and her private lessons (laughs) she was the best when I also think as much as people sometimes would poo-poo the community college route to start with we had, and I, I could be wrong, but I feel like we had some of the most talented faculty. We didn't always get along with all the faculty, but we had some of the most right. talented faculty. I think my piano professor had a dual doctorate in law and in music, and he was teaching at the college mm-hmm. level while he was going to law school at night and then got his doctorate in law and then was performing at Juilliard. My other piano professor yeah. was an Eastman masters at the piano like it we really had the best of the musicians for a community college and yeah they hustled on the side and did other things in terms of um other jobs and they taught at other places but it was really cool that we had the we had talented talented professors we really did we we were very very lucky with who we had there coaching us no matter what subject line it was if it was you know the mandated you know like music reading music history sessions versus music theory and you know any and every part of our you know um studio instrument and things like that with all the different requirements it was we're insanely lucky and I think some of them even doubled up kind of like what you were talking about with um, one of our professors that has to do a degree um, in law as well. They would hop over some of them to Syracuse University too. So the fact that you were getting, you know, some SU professors over in our neck of the woods was just really, really enriching. And it was also, they also brought... transferred to Crane, you didn't get that. Right. No offense to Crane. I liked that at OCC. I don't know. It was just 
Well, and they also brought their crew. Everything. Yes. And it was just so refreshing. They brought their crew with them to, you know, you would get guest artists. I think before, and I say before this person was this person, she's always been this person, but I think before she had done Broadway and was more well-known than she was at that point, we had clinics with Renee Fleming. Like, we had some crazy things that looking back on it, don't always happen, even at some of the, like, really prestigious schools don't always have these opportunities. So it was really great to be able to work with these people and to see these people. Yeah, absolutely. We had a great, um, OCC also is where, like, jazz festivals started in Syracuse, and so we would have, there was one year we had, um, Diane Shore, Ramsey Lewis, um, just people would come and give, clinics because why not and it was great to be in a place Mm -hmm. where that was able to happen yeah absolutely I remember um were you there that night when Victor Luton was at our performing arts center on campus yes that was like one of the one of the greatest ones one of the most memorable ones too and the fact that you had his entire group <laughs> just in front of you, like, 10 feet away. Yep. Casual. Incredible. Very Absolutely yeah. incredible. So now, here's what I want to ask you, because we had talked about this for a while, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on freelance, being a freelance musician. I think, you know, I've talked about it a little bit on this show, but what can you tell us in terms of your avenue of being a freelance musician and how to make money and stay afloat and not run yourself into the ground, essentially. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, a lot of the times people just think like, I don't know, at least in Rochester, those that I play with on a regular basis can agree with me that it certainly does not happen overnight. And you have to have the right people in your corner mm-hmm. and the right connections in order to, at least in this city, to just get into it. And once you're in, then it's like you have no worries anymore. Right. But that um, the struggle in order to, like, get into this industry in the city was... There there were definitely several months at a time where there was absolutely no way that I could have afforded rent for the month. And that's the thing between Alex and I, because Alex is a freelancer too, that, you know, we, we would piggyback off of, you know, if Alex had an incredible month of freelancing, you know, just putting that extra money alongside. And then other months, you know, the reverse of that would happen Mm -hmm. where I was the breadwinner of the two of us. And, you know, you just, that, that collaboration between both he and I, I mean, obviously as a couple, that's what you need to be doing anyways, but, alongside just you got to do what you got to do so we there have been times where you know those instances happen 
where month to month or just we are penny pinching. Right. And then lately, thank God, we've been able to really like, again, it's just been this gradual effect over the last several years that we've gotten to the point of where we are, where we're both teaching during the day. So there's like our stable income that, you know, not going to fluctuate. Right. And then you just kind of, the way that with private lessons and how they worked before we got the stable teaching gigs during the day, those would end up being after school hours anyways, because the majority of our students are still in grade school. So it's, it's a lot of, like a lot of hours in the day that we're just constantly working. But with the way that, you know, the fact that we're teaching grade school students during the day, then it's almost like an easy segue to being able to teach them immediately after school. So we still try to keep our energy levels up. And then at least with the ticketing and sales stuff for me and just trying to manage that, I picked that back up in September. Um, And at least, you know, scheduling-wise, if there is a conflict, I know well enough in advance because they lay their schedule out, you know. Right. I think at least, like, six months before, if not even longer than that. So it allows me to at least just, like, get it all written down in my, you know, calendar book. And that way, if I need to text somebody, like, hey, I got an RPO gig. Like, they totally understand, too. Right. Very, very nice. Um, so we're, we're very, very lucky with where we've gotten to up to this point, but it certainly was not easy. It took literally, I mean, since we moved here. So it's been three and a half years in the making. And it's finally like, ah, oh, we've made it. Now let's just keep doing what we're doing because it's great. So now we're in this very weird, I see, I love that. And I love the partnership that you have. I think we're in this very weird mm-hmm. time of America, if you will, where mm-hmm. everything is overly sensitive in terms of, has it ever bothered you when one of you has made more money than the other? Or does it really not matter? Absolutely not. Um, at the very beginning, the only thing, if anything, that was um, that we kind of butted heads on, and by we I mean me, because Alex is just so go with the flow. But I think there was just that little sense of jealousy when we first moved to Rochester, because he's from um, a suburb of Rochester to begin with, and okay. for him, he had his connections with his alma mater, which is a all private boys Catholic high school. So he was able to kind of, you know, he got a maternity leave placement there. Um, like as soon as we moved here, like that fall, he was just back there working. Mm-hmm. And that at the time, even though I dropped my music education major and switched it for music business, um, I still had that in me that wanted to teach so the fact that I was struggling to even find subbing gigs and he was just getting like 
all of these, like, cool opportunities thrown at him between the long-term substitute teaching, his private studio started picking up before mine took off. Okay. Um, and on top of that, he, at the time, had just begun writing, um, composing percussion um, like ensemble pieces for okay. indoor music publishing. So he was working, you know, in all these outlets. I'd be like getting up early to go to work and because he was just, you know, summertime, he was just able to like stay calm, be in his pajamas, stay on his laptop, write music and be like, oh, that'd be nice while like out and about just like really trying to put my best foot forward. That was only sort of thing but once again like over time once things picked up um and again this was after the whole like me landing in the hospital sort of thing because as soon as I started kind of making waves in the city then my health just like tanked right but then once I got out of the hospital back home um eventually picked up um, the subbing gigs where, I, where I'm still teaching now. And it's, it, again, with that whole lengthy process, it's funny how now at the end of 2018 you look back and it's like, oh, now I get it. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it, the stages from one to the next to the next was purposeful. And it's like thinking back to myself, like, girl, you just got to have patience. <laughs> Just be patient. Well, and that's a but great moment, question. You know, Same. Like, it's, that's actually a really great question to go back and say. Like, what do you... If you could go back and tell yourself something from when we were in um, college, what would you tell yourself now knowing what you know? Exactly that. The first thing, have patience with it. I'm so... And you know my energy level, especially when it's something that I'm passionate about. I just want to go, go, go and do everything, of right. course. Um, so to just, I don't know, not to be all, like, talk, talk about it, but just have, have more faith. Because this, I don't know, God's plan, it's funny how it works out. It's, it may not be perfect but it's purposeful right just have patience and everything is just meant to pan out the way it's supposed to pan out I couldn't agree more and I think as frustrating as it is sometimes it like because we all talk about it like God has a plan which is great but like I want to especially as a musician who's freelance I would like to know what it is because you know am I going to eat this week right. or not this week what's going to happen I kind of want to know but (laughs) it's so true well I'm so proud of you I want to do something that I um I normally do with guests on the show that they always get nervous about but I'm gonna do it anyways because why not um and we're gonna play a little game you ready yeah okay I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions and you just have to give me your first thought answer so super rapid fire you ready yeah okay uh favorite color Red. Favorite candy? Peppermint. 
Just peppermint. Okay. <laughs> I was ready for more. There's no more. Just peppermint. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of, like, the candy cane peppermint. Whatever. <laughs> Favorite TV show? Ooh, New Girl. Probably finish that up. <laughs> Favorite pre-show meal? Pre-show meal? Mm-hmm. I'm such a carbitarian that I just, like, I just want pizza and pizza all the time, so probably that. So then this probably answers the question, too. Favorite post-show meal? Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite show that's currently on Broadway? Oof. I'm stumped. I'm literally stumped. I accept you anyways. What's your uh, what's your go-to musical genre? Any I gravitate toward anything that's basically set from like the forties through the late 50s. Okay. I don't know why. That's just that very, like, classic-esque vibe. I'm with you. I love that era. <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> if you could do anything other than what you're doing right now, what would it be? Oof. Writing. I mean, I am kind of doing that right now with the blog stuff. But it's always been a dream of mine to either um, write a screenplay or mm-hmm. write a book or both. Okay. So just writing. What's your favorite movie? Ooh, my favorite movie. The first thing that came to mind was Elf, but I feel like it's, again, we're just, we're in the thick of the holiday season, but I mean, that's like, that's a pretty good one. So we'll just, we'll stick with that. Love it. Um, favorite guilty pleasure snack? Favorite snack? Yeah, favorite, like, guilty pleasure snack that you don't really want to tell people. Yeah, I've been getting into, um, especially with how insane my schedule is sometimes you just have to grab like a power bar and hit the road um they have these special k bars um that have chocolate on the bottom and it's called fruit and salted nuts so you get like the salty sweet mad good okay interesting what about let's see your favorite holiday Oh, that's a new one. Favorite season, summer, spring, winter, or fall? Fall. Favorite coast, east coast or west coast? I've never been on the west coast. Well, you so gotta I'm go. <laughs> Favorite vacation spot? I like going up to the Thousand Islands. Okay. That's always our, like, go-to place. Who is more difficult, you or your boyfriend? Ooh, we... I would say me. 
Who? I should not have hesitated and even thought about anything for Alex because it's, it's me. <laughs> Who practices Especially longer? with, like, all my health stuff. All right, that's fair. <laughs> put up with me more than I put up with him. <laughs> Who practices longer, you or Alex? I think I practice longer. His are very, like, sporadic. Okay. But mine, like, whenever I do play, it's, like, for long durations of time. He kind of, like, fiddles around with the drum set. (laughs) Who picks up things easier in terms of music, you or him? Him, for sure. Who, <laughs> who's more intense about the industry, you or him? More intense about the industry? hmm Me, for darn sure. Because with, especially just, like, assisting with, like, him and his band, and because they have a manager to have to run everything by, I'm always the one that's, like, snippy with, like, but we should do it this way. But again, like, I'm not the one with the final say. And he's just very like, girl, calm down. (laughs) That's funny. I love it. So Alyssa May, I miss you. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation. And there's going to be more happening. I feel like we need to do one when we're both in the same area, which is like never, but we may have to make it happen. (laughs) We'll make it happen. Now that I finally have my own vehicle, I need to take this new ride for, like, a road trip. So, worst case scenario, I'll just, like, I'll drive to you. Well, January 19th and 20th or something like that, I'll be in Syracuse because the musical I orchestrated is having public performances. So, I'll let you know dates and times and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. and we can can try and meet there. That'd be fun. Maybe we can have a, um, an OCC reunion. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Well, I love you. I want you to plug everything that you have because I know you have a website, you have a blog, you're on Instagram and Facebook, and I think you're on Twitter. I'm not really sure. Are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter anymore. I just started, like, I stopped using it, and then I just ended up deactivating it because you can only do so many social media things. (laughs) Oh, don't I know. By yourself at once. Don't I know. Yeah. Um... Uh, my Instagram is at Elissa May Murphy. My website for all my freelancing things is AlyssaMayMurphy.com. The blog is at LayDayFigure. It's also in the profile of my personal Instagram. And then LayDayFigureBlog.com. Yes, please go follow Alyssa Mae Murphy on all of the social media platforms except for Twitter because she doesn't have one. Um, (laughs) I am so thrilled that I got to interview my friend from college, and I'm so excited that you're doing so well. I cannot wait to see all that's going on, and I can't wait to work with you again. I feel like we've got to find an excuse to work together. Yes. It's just been too long. Well, yes, it has been too long. So long, but... Eventually. I can feel it in my bones. It's bound to happen at some point. Okay, good. I can't wait. (laughs) I love you so much. Please tell Alex I said hello, and maybe we'll have to do a joint interview next time, because that could be fun. (laughs) 
absolutely. Be like the dating game. We could just ask questions about each other and see who wins. <laughs> I love you to pieces. Take so care. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love it. Take care of yourself. And have a good holiday season, because when we recorded this, it was a week before Christmas. Merry Christmas and a happy almost birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am i don't know how I feel about this birthday specifically, but thank you. <laughs> It'll be great. Well, uh, let's hope so. Or let's hope the year after the birthday is great. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I love you to the moon, and I will talk to you really soon, I promise. Yeah, same. Talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.